Welcome to In the Seams, a podcast by Broken and Mended with your host, David Heflin. Well, hello. I want to welcome you back to In the Seams. It's been a while since we've done one of these podcasts where it was just me. That's what we're going to be doing today. I normally try to schedule some interviews of some particular a topic or story of others that are going through chronic illness or pain or maybe going through it with their families or whatever the case may be. And I, I have some things in the works that I hope to bring on the show in the near future. Uh, some people that I'd like to like you to hear from that I think you'll enjoy hearing from. Uh, our last podcast, if you've not checked it out, it's been one of our most listened to ones yet. And that was the one where we had two teenagers. One of them was my son. Uh, they were sharing their story about chronic illness as a teenager. And that was has been listened to quite a bit. And so if you've not heard that yet, certainly invite you to go back and, and check that out. We had a little bit of a sound issue there. It's nothing that will affect you from being able to uh, to hear those being interviewed. There was just a little bit of a distracting noise. It just has to do with needing to get some better equipment for when I do in-person interviews. Most of my interviews have been with others online and we use Riverside as our studio. And with that, you know, I can, they have their own computer and their own microphone, headphones, whatever the case may be. And on that particular one, we were meeting together with just uh, all of us in the same room and we had one microphone being passed back and forth. And so you can hear the kind of ambient noise, uh, from that being passed back and forth. Our editor, John Shields, does a good job of taking as much out of there as he can when we have that and cleans it up for us. But in this case, was there was still some of that there. So if you listen to that and that was bothersome, I apologize, but uh, I think it was pretty minor overall. The, the episode I thought was one of the best ones we've had just to listen to two teenagers struggling with chronic illness who have a unusual and unusual maturity because of what they've been through and in a great faith and perspective on what they're going through. And so I want to continue a little bit in that vein. And what I, what, what I want to focus on today has to do with grief and chronic illness. And so we're talking about, again, how to have perspective in a very difficult situation. And so that's kind of how it relates to that other podcast I was talking about is when you can have a, the maturity to have the right perspective in a situation, it certainly helps. It is not easy. And I often fell at it myself. And I'm going to confess a little bit of, about that when I'm uh, talking about my own struggles in this particular podcast. But what prompted the whole thought was that recently I did a funeral for the spouse of a friend who struggles with debilitating chronic pain and illness. I mean, he has it bad. And his, his spouse dealt with that some, particularly at the end of her life, of course, she was struggling with cancer. And this person, I'm not going to mention his name. He'll know if he listens to this that I'm talking about him, and that's fine. Uh, he's shared his story openly with all who will listen to it. Uh, but I'll, I'll withhold his name in this particular case. But he's a person of strong faith, and it reminded me that just because we suffer already with chronic illness and pain doesn't lessen the experience of other suffering in our suffering in our life or the experiences of other suffering in our life. Our loved ones still die. We have relationship problems. We have financial problems. In fact, if anything, chronic illness increases the occurrence of these incidents. I'm not sure that our loved ones die any more frequently. I mean, after all, everyone we know will die. So 
you know, I, I don't know if dealing with our chronic illness can somehow shorten the lifespan of others. That's, that's a little bit beyond our pay grade to know something like that. But chronic illness does make some relationships challenging, no doubt, and sometimes even includes abandonment from our healthy friends and loved ones. I hope that's not the case for you, but if it is, you're not alone in that. Now, as far as medical costs go or, or just financial problems in general, uh, particularly, of course, those of us with chronic illness who have expensive medicines and medical treatments, we are often buried in medical costs. In fact, sometimes I hear a friend who's anxious about a relatively small medical charge. It's a one-time deal. And so I, I can't help but being a little cynical. You know, I, I think that it must be nice to be concerned about a one-time charge that you'll have paid off in a few months uh, compared to what we'll be paying on for, for years and maybe decades. And I know I should be more empathetic uh, when someone is, is sharing this or they're, they're anxious about it. I can remember the first time I was getting an MRI that was going to set us back a thousand dollars. And this wasn't actually the first MRI or first unfortunate medical cost I had, but it was the beginning of my chronic illness. And so I remember at the beginning when I had that first realization that I was about to cost our family a thousand dollars, that uh, that was disturbing to me. It almost made me not go ahead and get the MRI. My wife ended up convincing me by reasoning with me that, well, if it, if it had been me, would you hesitate? And of course I said, no. Well, so then why would you expect it to be any different for you? And so I came around for to understanding that this is something that had to be done. But on the other hand, I would say that I struggled with the guilt associated with that. And now I look back at that and I think, are you kidding me? I mean, $1,000, yes, that was a lot of money. It still is a lot of money. But if that's all I would have ever had to have paid, I, that would have been gone a, a long time ago. And, and so that is, that's something that you know, my perspective has changed over the years, and I don't want to lose my empathy for those who are facing that maybe for the first time. But I, I've become jaded by medical bills, and so it can kind of have an impact on my own empathy in regards to people dealing with a relatively small amount. And I grieve our financial situation be, because of those medical bills. You know, we teach our kids that life isn't fair, but it seems especially unfair to have to deal with all that we have to deal with and still have the burden of other crushing griefs of life. How do we keep this cynicism at bay? And, and I, I had a couple of scriptures that I think help and I wanted to share with you today. And please understand that if you were coming and you were talking and telling me about your struggles, I yes, we may we may talk about some biblical passage, but passages, but in this format, it's a little easier for me to, you know, kind of preach. And I, I'm not trying to preach in a way that would diminish your suffering. In fact, I want to uphold your struggle as being as being real, as being something that e isn't easily just covered over with some Bible verses. Nonetheless, I'm going to go to some verses that have helped me at times. And one of them is from 2 Corinthians 4, and I'm reading through 16 through 18. Uh, and Paul here is reflecting on his own struggles, his own persecutions and sufferings. And he says, and I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible today. Therefore, we do not give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
that helps me a little bit. Our current reality is not our destiny, and no amount of unfair suffering can change the destiny we have in Christ. And of course, I'm speaking the, to those of you who have that hope in Christ. And if you don't share that hope, I would at least hope that perhaps a seed is planted where maybe you would consider what the Christian faith has to offer you, what Jesus has to offer you. And of course, for those of us who are Christians, we are not alone in that unfairness, right? I mean, no one was more innocent and no one suffered more than Jesus. Paul himself suffered greatly. He's referencing his own suffering right before he tells us what he does in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And most famously, of course, is the suffering of Job. But then there's also the psalmist and other great sufferers in Scripture. They're the martyrs that are mentioned in Revelation chapter 6. And then there are the people, I want to focus on these people for a moment, at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, 32 through 40. You can read the whole chapter. But the reason why I'm reading from the end is because here it particularly talks of people not only that did great deeds, who suffered greatly for their faith in God. And this is the writer of Hebrews. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength after being weak, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Okay, all that's pretty heroic stuff, but we'll continue here. Women received their dead raised to life. Some men were tortured, not accepting release, so that they might gain a better resurrection. And others experienced mocking and scourgings as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts, mountains, caves, holes in the ground. All these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. The very next verses portray these faithful sufferers as our cloud of witnesses that encourage us in our running of the race, the Christian race. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we all have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and is set down at the right hand of God's throne. You know, if we're not careful, we can be tricked into thinking we have suffered in a unique way. Now, I want to certainly say that everyone's suffering is unique to them. Everyone's story is unique, but no one has the market cornered on suffering. And if we think we do, or if you think you do, that's a good sign that you have lost perspective. That doesn't diminish the struggle, though. But we need perspective as we endure our trials here for a while before we are reunited with Jesus and the faithful who have gone on before us. The hope of a greater glory that far outweighs our suffering, the company of the great cloud of witnesses, and the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, on this journey, help make life a little bit more bearable, even on our darkest days. 
A final aid in our time of need are the people who God has put with us now. So we talked about the great cloud of witnesses. We think about those as those who have gone on before us in the faith, both the Old Testament and New Testament saints, including the faithful that we have known personally in our lives. It is really quite an idea that they are not made perfect. In other words, they are not made complete until we they are together with us. That doesn't mean that they're suffering in any way. I believe the Bible teaches that their spirit has rest with God even now, but there is a final resurrection, a final state of being that does not happen until we are all reunited with Christ once and for all in the resurrection and the final state of things, the new heaven and the new earth. That is that is something to think about, this great cloud of witnesses that though they have untold bliss that we can't even relate to right now. We're glad for them. We're happy for them. And yet they're still waiting on something else. That's what Hebrews teaches. They're waiting on us, he says, to be made perfect. And that helps. But we also need people that are in our life today, this final aid in our time of need, the people that God has put with us. We need real contact with others. It is why Broken and Mended is committed to forming real community communities of hurting people, walking in faith, together. You know, sometimes physical contact becomes limited or nearly impossible. In these scenarios, I'm glad we have online spaces we can hear from others and virtual places of connection. I think there have always been ways that people could connect when they couldn't connect in, in person. Used to be letters and cards, and those still can be very meaningful, by the way. I mean, you can still send a card to someone and you know what it's like to receive one in the mail a letter of encouragement, and these have been sent since ancient times, and or maybe through a messenger. And today we have more access to one another online. I don't just mean liking someone's Facebook post or something like this. I mean, where you can really get together, maybe even beyond that of a phone call, uh, some kind of video chat, FaceTime, uh, Zoom, some way of, of connecting in a way. Uh, you can do that over Facebook Messenger as well. And uh, there's, uh, if you've not seen the device called uh, Facebook, I don't know if it's called Facebook Portal, it's just called Portal, but it's through Facebook. We use those for a while. We kind of let that fall to the wayside, but ideally it would have been, and we still have it. We just haven't used it very much with our family and friends like we thought we might. Um, but th these are ways of connecting with people that, that are an advantage in our technological times that we live in, to have these virtual places of connection. The point I'm really making is however you do that is we don't do this alone, and you weren't meant to be alone. People don't have to have the same story as you to relate to your experience and vice versa. And so whether you find such a community with Broken and Mended or you find it elsewhere, my encouragement to you is don't let isolation win. This is something that we are committed to helping people overcome. It's why we do what we do. Because we know people are isolated, people are hurting, they're by themselves. Maybe the first step is just hearing a podcast like this. But I would hope that over time you begin to have real two-way exchanges with people in relationship. And, and two-way here can be with more than one person. But I'm just saying that you're giving and receiving in a, in a relationship and communication. Of course, talk to God a lot. It helps more than we can imagine. Talk to others as well. We have support groups and even access to professional counselors online more than we ever have. Uh, we have often mentioned Esther Smith, who 
has a practice with Christian trauma counseling. I know they do a lot of online counseling. I can't speak to their availability. I can just speak to the character of Esther and everything that she's been involved in, I think has been really great. I heard on a podcast, another Christian ministry uh, mentioned, uh, that's a counseling ministry. I think it's called Faithful Counseling. I'm not recommending them because I just don't know them. I'm just saying that there are many different avenues where we can find, uh, and, and sometimes we need that kind of specialized help. And so there's lots of ways we can find to connect with others. I don't think even that replaces the need for real community with, with other fellow believers who may be going through something similar as you. And so Broken and Mended, we exist to try and, and make that make that take place. And so I, I don't mean to kind of, well, okay, I do mean to do the selfless plug or, or just not the selfless. I, I mean, in a way it's selfless, but maybe we'd say it's a little bit selfish. Or maybe the word I was looking for is the shameless plug. Uh, you know, at the here at the end of the podcast, where I want you to check out brokenandmended.org, click on their support groups, and you can find ways to get connected there. We don't have a lot of in-person support groups here in the states yet. We hope to do so soon, and we're asking churches to consider helping their members start support groups within their communities in order to help people. We do have a lot of those meeting overseas right now, particularly in Kenya is where all this is happening, which was something that was a surprise to me. And I guess that was in the plan of God, but I didn't realize it, but we're happy for it. I think we have seven or eight different groups that are, are meeting or trying to meet and start in Kenya. And, and, and that's exciting. But even right now with Broken and Mended, there are some ways that we can start or already have virtual support groups that aren't based uh, or aren't dependent on being in any one particular location. So I'll, I wanted to, to mention that. If you are listening from Woodward, we do have a local support group that meets the third Tuesday of, of, of every month. Uh, we may take a break in the summer, but we do have a meeting coming up here on let me think about it for a minute. I think it'll be on the 16th. And that is an in-person and virtual option. And so you can reach out. There's a contact form on brokenamended.org. If you got any questions about how to connect with us, you can ask us there. We encourage you to do that. That comes directly to me. And so I would see it and be able to respond to you and point you in the right direction. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in starting your own support group, I think that's a, a real viable way that people with chronic illness can still be in ministry to others. And not everyone is, is healthy enough to be able to do that. I think you probably need to be someone who uh, certainly it helps, I think, if you have chronic illness uh, to be able to relate to others. But hopefully if you're functional, maybe you're still someone that's able to stay at work or, or do at least some normal activities and perhaps you would be healthy enough to also host a group. But if you're bedridden or something like that, I, I would just want it to be something you could plug into and maybe not have to run yourself. But you know where you are and you can ask God if you don't and he can help you sort that out. Uh, here in Woodward, I also just want to mention that on August 11th and 12th, we will have David and Tisha Laughlin coming into town as a fundraiser, for not just for the local chapter of Broken and Mended, but for Broken and Mended as a whole. And tickets are available for that on the website as well. Uh, they are illusionists or magicians, whatever you want to call them, but they refer to themselves as Christian illusionists. I've, I have had them, uh, I've hosted them before for a show. They are amazing. It's going to be a great couple of days for Woodward when they come to town and we'll be at the Woodward Arts uh, Theater. And so that's a historic place here in town. It's going to be a great venue and a great couple nights and just wanted to give you a heads up about that. 
All right. I think I'm going to sign off at this point, uh, but I, I certainly uh, hope that if you're some someone who's struggling with chronic illness, you're struggling with grief and chronic illness, like we talked about today, that something I said may have been of encouragement to you. I think the most important thing I can always say is that you're not alone. God is with you. Jesus is with you. Uh, as a ministry, Broken and Mended is with you. I'm sure you have some others that are with you. And if not, then maybe Broken and Mended can come alongside you in your struggle and provide some sense of community and belonging. Maybe even help you reconnect with your church if, if that's possible. And uh, I never really think of Broken and Mended as a substitute for church. I would simply say, though, that sometimes for whatever reason, maybe that that bridge has been, I want to say burned, I'm not saying you burned it, but maybe it's just a, a real difficult situation for you right now. And perhaps uh, we can still give you a, a sense of Christian community during that time. Okay. Well, until ne- next time, and maybe next time I will have an interview again, but I just wanted to take a little bit of time and just speak to you directly today. I enjoyed getting to do that. I know these are heavy topics, but that's why we're doing this. Uh, not because uh, it's, if it was easy to talk about, well, we wouldn't have to do anything special like have uh, this podcast, but I know that we need to talk about it. We need to have more people that will open up about this. And I, I hope, as I said, it's been some encouragement to you and we will talk to you next time.